Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Super wild card weekend. They had to throw in the super. Is going to kick off in about 10 minutes. Tampa Bay and Dallas after several memorable moments and games over the weekend. We'll dive into that a little bit later on tonight. In the NHL, a bunch of games have already wrapped up. Matinees, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It was the Devils beating the Sharks 4-3 in a shootout. The Kraken finally lose. Seattle had won eight in a row, seven of them on the road. They get back home. They fall 4-1 to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Kraken here tomorrow night to face your Oilers. 5.30 for the face-off show game at 7. Avalanche beat the Red Wings 6-3. Bruins knock off the Flyers 6-0. And the Panthers beat the Sabres 4-1. Flames and Predators about to drop the puck, as are the Senators and the Blues. In the first period, Islanders up 2-0 on the Capitals. And early in the second period, Rangers leading the Blue Jackets 2-0. Ducks and Penguins in a 1-1 tie. And about six minutes into the third, Stars up 2-0 on the Golden Knights. Jamie Benn has his 17th of the season. So we will keep you updated on those ones in, and you know, focusing, I guess, a lot on that Flames and Predators game as that uh, impacts the wildcard chase which the Edmonton Oilers are heavily involved in in the Western Conference, and they are looking a lot better in that chase after having won their last three consecutive games. And uh, pretty soon, I, I can't guarantee it's going to happen tomorrow, but pretty soon they're going to get Evander Kane back in the lineup. Evander Kane had that laceration to his wrist back on November 8th against Tampa Bay. He has missed 31 games. If he misses more than that, it's not going to be very many more. He's been practicing with the team for a while. He uh, skated today, once again, taking part in practice. He was to see a doctor this afternoon, and uh, I asked him, so how does that wrist feel? Are you back at full strength? You know, I don't know if uh, it's ever going to be full strength, at least this season. But I, th I feel it's as good as it's, it's going to be for uh, a decent stretch of time here. So, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back as soon as possible here. All right, so not full strength and doesn't expect that it will be for at least the rest of the season. Having said that, if he's coming back and he's cleared to play, it's going to be pretty darn strong, and he's going to be able to shoot and pass and check and all the kind of stuff that you need to do in the NHL. He was also asked, what would prevent you from returning to the lineup? 
I think we're like nine and a half weeks or just over that right now. So um, I think the original time was anywhere between three and four months. So we'll see uh, see what the doctors say. You know, in terms of myself, you know, like I said, if it would have been, been a Stanley Cup final, I probably would have been back five weeks ago. So, you know, obviously it's, it's something you don't want to play around with and I want to make sure it uh, is strong. And uh, right now I feel that way. All right, so right now feeling pretty good. Again, he was to see the doctor this afternoon, so hopefully good news there as uh, Kane's going to be an important player for the Oilers to get back, especially in the light of them missing a forward right now, and maybe that's going to be for a considerable length of time, which we will get to in a couple of minutes. Head coach Jay Woodcroft touches on the impact of Evander Kane getting back at it. When you return a player of that caliber, it's, it's a it's a huge positive. Uh, the side benefit of that is when the team, um, it, you know, and the team has performed pretty well here recently. When you return a player of that caliber, it means a reshuffling, like you said. It means it becomes very competitive to get into the lineup, even more competitive to stay in the lineup. And uh, it forces the coaching staff and management group to make hard decisions. I think those hard decisions are are really good and really healthy. Uh, we've been talking about hard decisions here for the last three weeks or so. Um, in the end, uh, we're going to try and use our eyes and make the best decisions possible. All right, so that's Woodcroft, and uh, you know, obviously Kane's going to be in. Um, sometimes they've gone 11 forward, 70. Marcus Niemelainen on a sign back to Bakersfield, by the way. Vinny DeHarnay sticks around. He had a uh, pretty good first couple of games in the National Hockey League, so good for him. Kyler Yamamoto has not played the last two games, and he did not practice today. And here's the update from Woodcroft on Yamamoto. He's being evaluated. Yeah, he's kind of in that same category. You know, he didn't practice with us today. He didn't feel good on that uh, that game day in, in San Jose there on the Friday in, in the morning. Uh, he went out and skated that morning, uh, but didn't feel at his best. And, um, you know, as a result, uh, he didn't play that game and kind of we just got back, right? We got back real late uh, Saturday night, early Sunday morning, and he's in the process of being evaluated. All right, so that's not clear on Yamamoto, which quite frankly concerns me a bit. Uh, I, you know, there's been a lot of talk. Rob and I got a call on Saturday after the game. What happens with the roster, with the salary cap, when Evander Kane is healthy? Now, again, without knowing exactly when Evander is going to return, I know Tim Peel, the former NHL referee who I've interviewed a couple times and who is uh, is connected to Kane's agent, he tweeted on the weekend that Kane will play tomorrow. Now, that's clearly before Kane's doctor visit today. So, you know, even if Peel turned out to be right, I would think that's a little premature. Having said that, uh, I, I mean, I certainly expect Kane to play in the next five games. They have five games left before their bye week, before the All-Star break. I certainly expect him to play before that. Maybe it's going to be tomorrow. Maybe it's going to be Friday in Vancouver, but it will be soon, which means you got to activate him off long-term injured reserve, which means you need some space. So uh, Niemelainen has been sent down. Now, Yamamoto not playing today. 
So this could be fairly straightforward in the short term in that Yamamoto would go on long-term injured reserve. Uh, remember, Ryan Murray's been out for a while. They could put him on LTIR, and there's pretty much your space. So you don't have to do any of these other you know, these other options, sending three guys down, sending four guys down, or sending someone like Fogel or Pugliarvi down. It could just happen pretty uh, in, in a pretty straightforward fashion. Yamamoto goes on long-term injured reserve. Kane comes off all long-term injured reserves. You know, Murray goes on. Nima Linen goes down. So, so then you're, you know, you're pretty much there. Um, so that's the situation. Now, further down the road, if Yamamoto is healthy and Kane is healthy, then yes, you might have to make some more moves or, or send somebody, you know, wave somebody to send them to the mine or something like that. But it it could be, unfortunately for Yamamoto, if he goes on LTIR, but it could be relatively straightforward if that's where he's headed. So something to think about there. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Happy to hear from you on the hotline powered by CertainTeed at 780-496-0063. The pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems, CertainTeed Pro all the way, 780-496-0063. You can email the show, inside sports at 630Ched.com. Follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. That is the lowdown on Evander Kane. Stuart Skinner back at practice today. As you know, he left the team last week to return home to Edmonton. His wife, Chloe, gave birth to Bo Skinner on Saturday. B-E-A-U Skinner. His middle name is Stuart after his dad. Seven pounds, four ounces, which is kind of cool. His dad wears number 74. Bo checks in at seven pounds, four ounces. And Skinner absolutely thrilled to become a dad. I feel like the luckiest guy in the world right now, um, being able to see him for the first time, uh, a little buddy. And, uh, I mean, just the year's been great for, you know, for everyone all around. I think our team's been, you know, we've been doing uh, really well, uh, especially as of late. And, uh, yeah, getting the new contract, I mean, that was, you know, a moment in life that you'll never forget. And then seeing your, your firstborn is obviously a moment you'll never forget either. So I've just been having a lot of moments in my life where, uh, you know, there's a lot of gratitude going into my life and a lot of love and uh just the really amazing things <laughs> yeah very grateful guy very hard working guy a pretty popular guy in this market being from edmonton and playing for the Oilers. quite a quite a season for him he's certainly emerged as a very solid nhl goaltender has the new contract and now becomes a dad uh, he was asked about so, so skinner is one of nine children and all the kids names start with the letter s and uh, he said, yeah, we just decided not to do that. They, they like the name Bo. So they, so they go with that. So uh, Skinner back with the team today, and he talked about trying to get back into the groove. After the first couple of drills, I was like, I was, uh, I was pretty tired, and then just you just battle through that tiredness for the first little bit, and you kind of feel your legs. And by the end of the practice, I felt much better, and I thought I was going to be a lot worse, to be honest. And uh, I felt pretty good. First time on ice, like that was first time on ice for six days, and normally even taking two or three days off, you feel like it's been a month since you skated again. And um, I actually didn't feel that bad. All right, so there's the latest on uh, Stuart Skinner, who, of course, y you knew somebody was going to ask it. And don't worry, guys, it wasn't me. Uh, changing diapers. What can you tell us, Stuart? No, I was an uncle when I was about six years old, so I've I've had plenty to change. I haven't had much practice for a while, so before he was born, I was kind of opening up the diaper and <laughs> practicing a bit. All right, I, I know that's what everybody was waiting to hear, but yes, Stuart Skinner, the youngest of nine children, so as he said, he was an uncle when 
he was six, so he does have some experience changing diapers. Now it's his own son with Bo Skinner being born on Saturday. Okay, so that's uh, that's the nuts and bolts from Oilers practice. I did get a, a, an interview with Clem Costin today. We're going to drop that in a little bit later. Uh, was happy to chat with him. He's become a massively popular player. Why wouldn't he be up to nine goals on the season? Seven goals in his last nine games. Plays uh, with a little bit of aggression as well. As you know, not afraid to mix it up. Plays with some physicality. Block shots as he did getting down there in front of that one against Vegas in the second period. So he's kind of brought everything that the Oilers have needed and maybe they might need that from another player or two and maybe those are players they're going to have to go get like they did with Costin but he's been a pretty positive story I talked to him a bit about growing up playing minor hockey in Russia when he moved away from home to pursue his career about getting drafted about his parents following his career all that kind of fun stuff and uh, we're going to get to that later on as we move along it is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Listening to 6:30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. That is indeed the name of the program. Thanks for checking out the show tonight. Hope you had a great weekend. The uh, Monday night football game, the playoff game, is underway. Just about a minute and a half in. Dallas and Tampa Bay no score Oilers practice today like I was saying still no Kyler Yamamoto Evander Kane closing in on a return Stuart Skinner back in net worked hard today first time on the ice since he uh, left the Oilers last week to come back to Edmonton to be with his wife Chloe as they welcome their son Bo into the world so uh, Kellen Kennedy's down the hallway here in the uh, control room Kellen how are you doing buddy doing good how about you well our, our favorite NFL team the Seahawks eliminated not doing good. Uh, they did not do well. Well, they did well for 30 minutes or so. Yeah, the, the first half but, was great. Yes. <laughs> but uh, you and I shared similar expectations for this game after having similar expectations for the season. Which were none. Which there were was no much, expectations. Yeah, our expect. <laughs> well, actually, that's, to be fair, not in terms of being a decent team. We we knew there was going to be a season, right? Like I I said, I thought if they got to five wins, that would be a success. They got to nine. Now, am I saying it's a moral victory and I'm somewhat satisfied? Actually, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yes, <laughs> because yeah. you know I cheer for them for fun. If they do great, that's great. If not, I don't get too uh, worried about it. But the, there was reason to watch the season all the way to the end of the regular season because it came down to their last game to get in, and then the last game uh, of, on Sunday mm-hmm. night after that. And then, uh, obviously, they got a playoff game against, boy, the Niners are good. Oh, yes. Uh, it, what what they are they up to? 11 in a row now. The third-string quarterback, they got a lot of speed. I don't think they're... I, I don't even think they're average in any position. I think they're above average or excellent at every position. Uh, I mean, maybe quarterback if it comes down to a, a showdown with a, a more experienced quarterback, but this this Purdy kid is pretty good. So it, it was disappointing it got that out of hand in the second half. But uh, But still, the Seahawks, and again, they won the Russell Wilson trade by a wide margin because Geno outplayed oh, absolutely. him. Geno outplayed <laughs> him. They're getting draft picks. They got Denver's first rounder. I believe that's fifth overall. So it, it, I'll take the moral victory of a season for the uh, Seahawks. Hey, building blocks for next year, too. Building, I'm, I'm they got, a lot more confident they, going into next year. And with they them got for the sure. most upbeat and energetic coach maybe ever. Yeah. Like Phil Carroll, or uh, Phil Carroll, Pete, Pete Carroll. I do know his <laughs> name, trust me. Uh, Pete Carroll 
makes me want to run up and down or like run around 630 Chet here and chew gum and clap my hands. Yeah, just what an inspiration. His, just his press availabilities on like, you know, just leading up to games during the, the week and that stuff. You can't help but like just feel motivated yeah, to run through the wall or Motivational genius, everybody. He's great. Yeah. Like all these young guys like, oh, I know technical football. I, I have weird plays that I make up when I stay up till 3 in the morning. Yeah. Guess, you know what Pete Carroll's doing at 3 in the morning? He's thinking about how he's going to motivate you. Motivational master. The guru. With the, he, he, he is a guru. guru. That's yeah. a great way to put it. Yep. He's a guru. All right. So anyway, that's uh, the team Kellen and I cheer for. Yes. And now we sit now, back now and we, watch everybody else. Now we out. sit back and watch other teams feel pain. And perhaps nothing more painful than what happened to the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> here's here's their radio call of the last. So I, I assume everybody knows what happened. But just to recap, this, this was the Saturday night game. The Chargers are beating Jacksonville, who I was complaining about that they even get a home game with not a great record, but they won their division. So it's 27 nothing Chargers late in the second quarter. And the Jaguars win the game on a last play field goal. Matt Smith is the radio play-by-play -by -play voice of the Chargers. This is the game. This is the season for one of these teams. 30-28. to 28. Snap. Kick is up. Kick is good. The Chargers are out of the playoffs. Pandemonium at TIAA Bank Stadium. This is going to be a long flight home, a long offseason, and absolutely inexplicable. There are no words to describe what we witnessed here tonight. The Chargers in complete control of this game at 27-0 somehow find a way to snatch defeat from the hands of victory. Well, that's, yeah. Well, there are words to describe it. One of them is choke. And as he said, they snatched defeat from the hands of victory. So that was mm -hmm. the Chargers radio call. On the other end of the spectrum, Frank Frangi calls the games for the Jaguars. 36-yarder from the right hash to win the game. Logan Cook will put it down. Riley Patterson. Cook puts it down. Patterson's kick is up. The field goal is good! 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 The Jaguars have won it! The Jaguars have won it! They have come back from 27-0 to win the game and move on! How good is that? Frank. Frangi. So, a little different. I, I thought they both got, and I'm not a play-by-play -play guy. I've done very limited play-by-play -play in my career. I thought both guys did great. I mean, if you're the Chargers guy, what are you going to say? You gotta, you, your audience is probably weeping if they haven't already shut your broadcast off by that point. I mean, he said it. How, indescribable. They, they totally blew it. Like, what else do you say? And uh, Frank Frangie obviously very excited as the Jaguars pulled off the third largest comeback in NFL playoff history. Later on, we're going to play Dan Horde's call. He's the Cincinnati play-by-play -play guy. 
as they scored that dramatic 98-yard defensive touchdown that turned out to be the game winner. And Blake Dermott, our in-game analyst for the Edmonton Elks, will weigh in. I always enjoy hearing Blake's third, uh, thoughts. Okay, my interview with Clean, uh, Clean Costin is coming up. And when we get back here, you're going to hear from Jeff Cortnell, former Vancouver Canuck. A fan favorite with the Canucks for many, many years, Gino Ojek, passed away over the weekend. Courtney will have some memories.